Okay, everybody. Welcome to Iron Radio, episode whatever the hell it is. I don't know, 600 and something. I haven't been keeping track. This is Phil Stevens, strength coach, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, grandfather. Today I got at my granddaughter's birthday party. Nice. Yeah. Nice. This is Dr. Mike Nelson, social professor of the Kerrigan Institute, creator of the Flex Diet Cert, which opens again in early June. And I am back home, which is nice. So last couple of days were a little brutal to drive from Austin to back home in two days, but we made it. And yeah, did my first lifting session back in the garage gym yesterday, just a, some bench press and some grip stuff. And it was pretty good. Wasn't really off by too much, which is good. And I'll do squats today and realize I lost almost 100 pounds on my squat, but it's okay. <laughs> that one just tanks like crazy all the time. But I didn't really squat while I was there other than some lower body stuff. So, This is Coach Durrell. I'm out of Olathe, Kansas, kind of the Kansas City area. Um, the Strength Guild lifting, Strength Guild weightlifting. Um, I guess this, for me this is like the first meat-free weekend in a little while, for, to be honest. So, so I'm just fortunate. For a split second there, I thought you became a vegan for the weekend. You meant like competitive meats, not (laughs) meat-free. Yeah, yeah, meat-free. I wouldn't even have thought that, but that's pretty good. Uh, Well, I don't suppose there's any benefit. It's kind of getting a, it's kind of resurging again. Usually, it takes a Netflix documentary to do it, but veganism tends to resurge every, like every six months. They have like a new marketing scheme. Yeah. So. Yeah, that might be because I was looking at a study that compared plant-based food patterns to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. That was a review. Uh, this is from Stu Phillips' lab. The main author is uh, Sarah Nichelle. And, yeah, super nice review. And it, it kind of matches what we've already known and talked about before, that if you have a higher quality plant protein and you eat enough of it, or you kind of mix some lower sources at a high enough amount, uh, yeah, you can get some nice muscle building effects uh, from that. Uh, they concluded that current evidence shows that plant proteins can stimulate muscle protein synthesis. We're asking whole foods, especially when combining food groups, increasing portion size, optimizing amino acid bioavailability through processing or common preparation methods. So. Hmm. You can do it. It just takes a little bit more work, and you kind of kind of know what you're doing. Hey, there you go. That's a resounding theme. If you want more on that, go back to, like, episode 12 or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And we had Coach uh, Robert Dos Remedios on. Yeah. So, the honest vegan. I call him the honest vegan. <laughs> yes. He's the only one that will admit it's stupid, even though he <laughs> does it. Um, yeah. Again, I don't have any problem if people are doing it for ethical reasons. That's yep. that's great. And if you yep. want to do an intelligent approach, awesome. But I don't know. I have a little bit of an issue if you're going to try to convince me that it is the only way to be healthy. Yeah, yeah. humans not quite that fragile. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of crazy dieting, and this will probably be the first time in the history of Iron Radio that we talk about Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's catching shit because she lost 20 pounds in two weeks to fit into a dress once worn by Marilyn Monroe. 
and people are saying that she's accusing her of sending a damaging message about dieting uh, because of doing this, you know, crash diet or whatever. And she just says, it was such a challenge, and I didn't starve myself, but it was super strict, blah, blah, blah. So the world is up in arms about her her poor message to the public about losing 20 pounds in two weeks. Um, I had issues on this on several fronts. Um, one, the fact is that 98% of the American population could use a crash diet <laughs> to, lose, to lose that first 20. Um and like we were talking about before the show, me and Mike, like, this isn't anything new. Like, actors, athletes, they do this shit all the time. Like, we, we talked about it. It's like, there are people that, in the lifting community, that lose 20 pounds in 24 hours. You know? Um, so, I don't know. I mean, of course, it's just headline reaching. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, shout out to my buddies, Dean and Jeb, because they brought this up to me because I had no idea it was even <laughs> even going on. And yeah, the yeah, <clears throat> same points they made, too, when I talked to them the other day that I mean, people do this all the time. I mean, this isn't novel. Um, competitors do it all the time. I'm sure, like you said, actresses, actors do it all the time. Um, I don't really follow Kim Kardashian. I have no idea what she's really up to, but at least she's being honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, you know, which we'll talk about, it might be beneficial if it's done in a semi-controlled fashion and then you switch to doing something more moderate. Um, I don't think that if you're a healthy person going into it, your body is going to be destroyed from two weeks of low calories. Yeah. Again, that's not where I would advise most people to start, especially if they're doing it without any guidance or a long-term plan. But, yeah, you're like I said, you're just not that fragile. People have done way worse things to their body for much longer and have been okay. Yeah. Not that we're saying, like, you know, go do this. It's the best thing ever. But, yeah, you're probably not going to – you're not going to destroy your metabolism or anything weird with, by doing that for just, you know, a week or two. Yeah, and it seems like she's getting slammed mainly by the – anti-fat shaming culture no yeah because they're Mm. saying she's promoting unrealistic beauty and it's not her job she's trying to be (laughs) attack like just dieting in general right like that's i feel like that's kind of the new newer like within the last what yeah five ten years is like the yeah the fact of going on a diet implies that you're not good enough already so therefore it's like some sort of negative in in one way or one way shape or form right so but 20 pounds like that's actually pretty gentle like yeah yeah that, two weeks i've seen way worse yeah I say, <laughs> wait till they hear what fighters do to make weight They're yeah exactly but, yeah i mean they might draw a line between performance versus aesthetics i guess but yeah. at the same time it's like i don't understand what the responsibility of Kim Kardashian is to like diet correctly, you know? Yeah. Like, does she play a role in like forming? Like, if she does, if they're crude, like, they're critical on her being a very important person for, um, just young girls' growth, then we have the wrong role model anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of. Yeah, uh, 
her dieting is the least of. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, they're pissed about her losing twenty pounds in two weeks, but eh, she's got fucking silicone pillows in her ass, and you're not <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> no, that's not unrealistic. Uh, yeah. I, and, yeah, I don't understand the pressure to like make her diet a certain way. Like she could do whatever. I mean, it's not like she doesn't play an important role in society. You know what I mean? No. Not that she, like I'm not saying she, her life has no value or something like that, but she's just rich and famous. Like that's her thing. Like the idea of her having to, uh, I guess, diet correctly. Like if she would have dieted, like let's say she did 12 weeks and it was like the whole thing, right? If she would have did that, they'd probably still be mad. You know? Yeah, they probably would be. And it's just about the idea of like, oh, lose. Like I want to lose weight or I have to lose weight. Therefore, it's like I'm not a good. I don't think I'm a good person. Yeah, because I'm overweight or something. Yeah, I don't love myself for who I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. but well, there's less room to love that, now. Yeah, it's that in <laughs> like uh, the other thing I see a lot of, and I saw this maybe last week was uh, some of the I would just say plus size models. I guess I don't know exactly what their role is, but like, uh, is it Tess, like Tess Holiday or whatever? Mm-hmm. They come out as having like anorexia. Yes. They're like, oh yeah, really? I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, really she's like 400 with... pounds and says she's anorexic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it looks like she's beating it. She's doing a pretty good job, you know. <laughs> and she said she was currently anorexic. Yeah. yeah. She says she struggles with it daily. Like, yeah. is is been diagnosed as anorexic and struggles with it daily. And she's not the first first one to you know claim this either which to me that on that side is way like far worse because that makes it seem like it almost just kind of downgrades the severity of the the illness you know what i mean yeah like you kind of just pick it you're like oh yeah i'm anorexic because it gets you some likes and clicks, some sympathy yeah. likes and clicks. But there are yeah, some people who are really too. struggling with it. Yeah, like really struggling with it. And it's not like they're going to weigh 400 pounds. Yeah. Never trust a skinny chef or a fat anorexic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We know how to do listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we just lost a few. Uh no, I mean, I think this is a good, like, let's talk about then, you know, what are times that you guys would have somebody do something that would be referred to as like a drastic diet versus long haul? One of the times that you'd pull out something like for me, whenever I'm going on, like I eat up for meats like crazy um, or I did. I haven't these last two, but generally I did. So I'd gain like 40 pounds in 12 weeks. Uh for me, and then immediately following the meet, I'd do a couple weeks of what people would call extreme dieting, uh, eat a lot less, and I'd usually go really low carb. And the eating less was actually both of them were super easy at this point because I just spent three months like force feeding bullshit in my face. <laughs> so it was kind of a nice break, you know, <laughs> and I just use that as a quick way to kick off this off-season program and hopefully, you know, get off all the processed carbs and this and that. And then I'd go back to 
something more realistic following that. Um, what are times, for instance, that you guys would use lean towards something more drastic with your clients for a, a short period of time? Honestly, the only reason I, I ever would or have, and it's very been very sporadic, is sports with 24-hour weigh-ins. That's and that's really it. Like I, I can't do that much. Like we can't do that much drastic anything with mm-hmm. uh, weightlifting because it's a two-hour weigh-in. Yeah, and so a lot of the sports I have are two-hour weigh-ins. If you're going to do that, like, like you know, you, there's no way to get enough back in. Like if you were to do, I think the most I've helped somebody with is like I think they were like three. Something a little bit over three when they started. So three, fifteen, maybe something like that. And then in about a week, we got down to the, is it the two seven, like two seventy two class or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like One twenty five. But that was like the goal was records and all that stuff. But otherwise, and it was a 24 hour wait. So otherwise, yeah, I don't, I don't have, you know, the need or to do anything to like crash diet people into. Particularly for like aesthetics. So. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, I would say that I I actually do it based on more of the person's psychology. Most people, I don't I don't have them do it. Uh, once in a while, like in the past, I've had a couple of clients where like nothing has worked at all. They feel very kind of disappointed, and they don't really have any. Anything weird, you know, weird borderline pathologies or anything like that going on. So generally very healthy. Glucose is fine. Mm-hmm. Blood pressure is fine. All that kind of stuff. In those cases, I have told them outright, you know, hey, here's our options. You know, we can be, you know, pretty strict for two to four weeks and then kind of transition into something more moderate. Or we can be less strict up front and, you know, get kind of more strict over time. And most of them have picked the time period of being more strict up front and then kind of transition out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that can be beneficial just to kind of gain some trust of like, yeah, this, this does work. You know, the different approach can work and then transition, um, from there. <clears throat> but again, usually I give them the option and then I explain to them up front that, you know, no, you're not going to eat 1200 calories or, you know, something crazy for like the rest of your life. You know, or even beyond a couple of weeks. Most of the time, we don't even have to go remotely that low anyway. Um, but yeah, I think just getting some trust and then, you know, for them, just motivation. You know, they've been spinning their wheels for so long and spending time and effort doing it and not seeing any results. You know, to see some results actually happen mm-hmm. is motivational for them too. And there's some literature to kind of support this. Again, it's usually in. Uh, mammals that are very overweight, right? And a lot of times if you're, you know, three, four hundred pounds, you have the advantage of you're probably carrying a lot more muscle mm. or metabolic yeah. rate, which is related to body size is a lot higher. So you can be a little bit more aggressive in some of those populations and see more weight loss and get away with it. And then, you know, transition to something a little bit more sane, I guess you could say. So what would you consider a, what would you guys consider a crash diet? Like how, how far below just like a regular, you know, you know, half pound, pound a week 
uh, ratio for calories are you looking for? I mean, what I do is, depending on the person, is I actually will drop their macros pretty aggressively. And if I know it's only going to be for, say, two weeks, I'll have them do body weight, but I I don't really look at it that much, right? So I may set protein higher, like one gram per pound of weight, fat, yeah, 50 to 60 grams per day, you know, low, but we're not going to destroy hormone production. You don't have to, like, try to spray every single thing with, like, you know, two-calorie PAM spray or something mm-hmm. to get silly low-fat. And then carbohydrates, depending on the person, I might kind of go like ketogenic even though their fat won't be high enough, which would be pretty low, like 50, 60 grams. Just eat, you know, vegetables and mm-hmm. not really any fruit. Or, you know, most people, if they're a little bit bigger, I'll do like 120, 130 grams of carbohydrates. Not enough to make you ketogenic to completely hate your life, but it's pretty low. You know, yeah. if they were maintaining it around you know, 3,000 calories, they're going to be in a pretty steep caloric deficit. And then whatever weight they end up kind of losing is just kind of what they lose. But, yeah, normally if I'm doing it outside of that, I would look at, you know, half a pound to a pound per week. You know, there's some pretty good literature showing that that's a semi-sustainable rate. Muscle loss isn't going to be exceedingly high, Um but again, depends on the performance and depends on, you know, how big an individual we're talking about. Yeah. My go-to is usually the just carb restriction, just because it's easy and it's a form of calorie restriction. And because yeah. most of the people I deal with are, I mean, let's be honest, most people are are hooked on the bullshit carbohydrates. So, and like you said, it's more of a, it's a rip the Band-Aid off and get control type of fix. So, and then, and they can see quick results and then we can segue. Okay. See, you got all this control. Now you don't need the Twinkie. You put it down. (laughs) Now we can add some apples and shit back in, you know, type of thing. And then, you know, after two weeks, they're like, Oh, that's fucking delicious apple. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's more like that. It's more, more of a getting control of yourself thing is than it really is about the diet itself. It's a look, you can handle this. You just did that really strict for two weeks and you lived. Now, just control yourself a bit. You know, we're going to have other things. So, but most of the time, we, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm known for the guy that makes girls gain weight. So, <laughs> everybody's like, you make all these thick women. And it's like, all my ladies are like, I gained 25 pounds. I was like, that's badass. Let's keep fucking going. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, generally people don't come to my gym to lose weight. So, I mean, we've done it. But usually, like it, we talked about, it's goal specific. And, yeah, I have no problem with somebody. If somebody comes to me, a woman or a man, and, hey, I've got, I need to do this in two weeks. Can you help me? Yeah, let's fucking do it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. People do that all the time, and I don't see a problem with it. I mean, like we talked about it earlier, I think it's it's more of a problem now where the acceptance culture has gone to the point where, like, people think you hate yourself if you go on a diet. Or, yeah, I don't like, know. Fasting is big right now, but you don't people people bitching about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would almost classify the problem like my problem with like the test holiday thing. It's just like the misinformation to support the point, you know? Yes. 
Like, cause you essentially are, you know, kind of muddy in the waters so much that it's like, like not everything can be anorexia. You know what I mean? Just cause you feel like X, Y, Z doesn't mean it, it gets to be classified as that. Like getting too far in the weeds of that, I think is probably more where I have, I would say maybe a pet peeve, but I think is somewhat dangerous, you know? Yes. Because fat loss is safe, effective, and one of the, you know what I mean? Like the easiest way to flip your health, right? If you're yeah. overweight, like if you're, yeah. you know, is just to start losing weight, walking, uh, you know, even maybe if you're doing a little bit of strength training, whatever, just flipping your, you know, health habits to lose weight is one of the simplest, most effective ways to change, like, your blood number. Like, mm-hmm. even if you do it the weirdest, goofiest way. Yeah. Like, it'll change your blood numbers will get better, you know, whatever. So muddying it to the point of where it's like, you know, you have a, some of the docs out there who at least they get headlines as, you know, weight loss is ineffective or dieting is ineffective. Mm-hmm. Right? That becomes a headline. And it makes it sound like dieting and losing weight is like dangerous, not only dangerous yeah. to your mental health, but your physical health. I think that's like such a terrible baseline message or that anything can be anything that it kind of destroys any of the like value of like just acceptance and body positivity type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything. I mean, they're just taking shit too far, but. Yeah, what's more dangerous, going on a two-week crash diet or staying 400 pounds? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is going to kill you first? So, um, yeah, and that's the hard part. Right? In literature, this debate has been around forever. Can you be, you know, fit and also fat, which is, you know, some of, you know, Dr. Stephen, Stephen Blair's work and a bunch of other stuff. And from what I've seen, just on the physiology side, <clears throat> you can find – some groups of people who are very overweight who are still metabolically healthy. Mm-hmm. But the caveat is <clears throat> most of them are doing a very high amount of exercise and movement, right? There's been some documented stuff on sumo wrestlers, for example. Yeah. But the second they stop doing exercise and stay at that weight, they just they go to hell real fast. Yeah. Um, and you may find some other people, you know, like if – they gained a high amount of weight over a year. They may still be metabolically healthy if you, you know, look at them at that point. But if you extrapolate that out, even just a few more years, like it, it doesn't end well in almost every single case. Mm-hmm. So I think we, you know, conflate what time point we're looking at in what population. And then the assumption is, oh, this person gained, you know, 40 pounds in the past year. And, they're still metabolically healthy, so it's fine. Just, you know, stay that way for the next 40 years. You'll be okay. It's like, no, you're not going to be okay 20 yeah. years from now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's even more confusing because there's some stuff on, you know, what is your kind of they call personal fat threshold. And what you see is a lot of times it is sort of a threshold effect where, you know, you could be 20, maybe 30 pounds overweight uh, depending upon your your background, and some people can do that and stay pretty healthy. Uh, other people have to not do that. Their their blood lipids, everything starts going awry really fast. Uh, but at some point, if you gain enough weight, you surpass whatever your personal fat threshold is, and then all your numbers just go in the crapper. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, getting blood work, blood pressure, blood glucose, having some baseline. 
right? You know, Phil, you saw this when you're eating up for your meat. It yep. sounds like it was good, good, good. Whoa, horrible. What happened? Yeah, mine went to shit. And it was the first <laughs> time I made it into the 290s. And holy crap. Like, my blood went real bad. And it had never done that in my life. But I think there's no sure test for this, but I think a lot of it also had to do with my age. Sure. Like, didn't mess up that way in my 20s and 30s. But in my 40s, my body was like, no, bitch. (laughs) You're done. Uh, And, yeah, we see that all the time, too. Yeah, of course, there's a 25-year-old dude walking around that's 350, and his blood levels are fine. What's it going to look like at 45? Yeah. um, And things like that. Like you said, over time, that extrapolates out. and Or you see it, like, that's like an interesting thing you see in professional sports athletes. Like, there are, like, sumo wrestlers or NFL linemen and things like yeah. that. A lot of time what you see in them is you have these athletes that their whole career, they had to eat. Like, they were forced to just, okay, you got to stay three-something. So their whole career revolved around that, and part of that was the eating. So when they retire, you see all these linemen and shit get really skinny because they've spent the last 30 years having to eat. And then you see the opposite in the other positions, like little wide receivers and quarterbacks and cornerbacks. And, you know, all of a sudden they balloon up and gain 50 pounds. You know, you see the opposite happening from the same teammates that were in different positions because one of them their whole life they had to restrict and stay small and fast. And the other guy had to stay huge. They reverse roles once they retire. Um, and they do the opposite of what they had to do their whole career. Like, fuck, I've been, I've been staying 180 pounds my whole life. And, you know, now they... They take that and have a follow-up. So, I guess follow-up thought question to that effect with, particularly with women, like uh, essentially what they, you know, in their mind, what they perceive as the right physique or the physique that they want, being way lighter than what it usually ends up being. Yes. Oh yeah. So, uh, I'll just ask you guys both, like. What's the, what would you guys term the value of like, you know, mass gaining, uh, in the role of just general health and aesthetics, but also just in terms of, you know, I, men do it too. Like they think, oh, I got to be at this body weight or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the perception of their physique at what body weight, you know, like what is you guys' experience with just that in general and what's your value on like, you know, going up, like, like actually massing in the, in the context of not just performance, but health as well. The worst invention ever for women was the scale. <laughs> <laughs> they hate it and they can't handle it in general. Uh, they have, they have stronger ties to the scale than men do and they just need to throw it out. Uh, but like for women in general, like coming into my place, like to reach what they want to do and look how they want to look, they actually need to gain weight. And they think the opposite. You know, they want a big butt, big thighs, big, you know, and, but they want the scale to say 123 pounds. Yeah. That ain't happening. (laughs) And then dudes, like the people I deal with, I mean, I would say like it's a reverse thing with the guys, with most of the guys like myself. Like I have issues when I get lighter. Uh, just because my whole identity has been wrapped around being 270 pounds the last 30 years. And people see me like, man, you're getting small. It's like, what? 
Yeah, on two fifty. So, and that can be hard. I mean, from somebody who's retiring from, you know, somebody that's like retiring from lifting or retiring from sports, they've always been big, and now all of a sudden they're not, and people don't accept that. It's weird. But uh, yeah, I'd say in general, I'm. In general, there are more women walking around harming themselves trying to stay too light and not getting to where they want to be because of that because uh, they have an unrealistic view, and it comes back to the scale. It's what the scale says. They're not paying attention to what they're seeing in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, they're looking at a number, and that number means everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I find the same thing. <clears throat> like for – God, I've lost track of how many women you know come in or online – they're like, I want to weigh 125 pounds. It's always between 120 and 130. <laughs> and I'm like, one of them, I'm like, you're 5'10". <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do you have any kind of, and I, and I understand it, right? Because everything is so distorted. I worked with, uh, I won't say her name, but it was a female uh, cover model fitness many years ago. And she was on, you know, the cover of lots of fitness magazines. And she basically severed her contract with one set publication. It's not around anymore because they listed her weight as 123. She was about 5'9", had a lot of muscle, very, very lean. She's like, I weigh 147. And that was very low for her. Wow. Uh, but the magazine, I, she went back and told them, she's like, is this a typo? Did you screw up? They're like, no, we just, no women would believe you weigh that much. She's like, but this is what I weigh. Like, what do yeah. you mean? No one yeah. It doesn't matter what they believe. That's yeah. the important part is the yeah. actual fact of it. Yeah. Right. Um, so for some women, I tell them, like, okay, go look at, like, weigh-ins for female mixed martial arts mm-hmm. or Olympic weightlifting or whatever. Like, something where there is a legit verifiable weigh in where they're wearing minimal clothes and then tell me do you think all those women are like 110 pounds yeah because they're not like i worked in the lab with one of the top uh, female mixed martial arts fighters she was she had a lot of muscle but she wasn't very big per se like if you saw her in street clothes she'd be like "Eh, you know not anything remarkable but she weighed 156 pounds and was shredded you know and she just carried a lot of muscle but she wasn't that big per se and so we played this game in the lab all the time where she would wear street clothes and we'd have women guess how much she weighed and like every woman was like 120 125 she's like no right now i'm 160 they're like no way yeah and like put her on the scale and like people just lost their minds yeah (laughs) well that's another one with like as far as strength goes like I, most women have don't understand. Most general population women don't understand that the girls they are looking up to weigh a lot more than them. Oh yeah, because they're carrying a lot more muscle mass, and they Definitely. don't believe like holy crap. Like you said, she's one sixty. Yeah, I'm her size, and I'm one fifteen. Yeah, well, yeah, but you're bone and fat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. And that's when you get people, women training, and I see it all the time. Like, you get new people in, and they'll gain 15 pounds, but they're the same size or smaller yeah. after a year. And it's like, it's okay. Who cares what the scale says? You're still wearing a size 2. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, and, and if you go down out. to, like, you know, visit my buddy Cal Dietz, University of Minnesota, like, you know, he's got some top 
female athletes that you look at them, you're like, wow, she's very lean. It's like, yeah, she was 185 pounds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's taller, you know, but it, people are like, there's no way. It's like, yeah, exactly. yeah. And she, you know, single leg, uh, split stance, you know, safety squats over 300 pounds, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I mean, that's been a com my common experience just here, I mean, I would say this, like, Johnson County, like, at least in the Kansas area, kind of has a reputation for, I don't know, being, like, hoity-toity or whatever, but um, women out here, especially, they have, like, a perception of what their physique is going to look like at whatever body weight. And we start training them, and it takes a long time to, like, for them to actually eat, you know what I mean, like, when you first start training or when women first start training, it takes a long time for them to actually, you know, eat enough or whatever. But once they do, then all of a sudden it's like kind of, it still takes time, but like a, a, you know, switch flips and they kind of start paying attention to more about the physique stuff. And it's always heavier than they thought in my experience, usually 10 to 15 pounds heavier somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, and you mentioned about one of the things that happened. I had a former client who was great, and we went down to my buddy Dr. Ben House's place in Costa Rica, where you know, a bunch of fitness professionals came down there for two weeks, and we, you know, all ate together. We got to train together, learn all in the same place, stayed on site, and was awesome. And one of my clients, <laughs> she's like, by like day four, she's like, yeah, and all the women here look great. They lift a ton of weights. And they eat so much food. (laughs) I'm like, yes, but it, you know, same message I've been trying to tell her for a while, but it's hard when you don't, you don't see it, right? You, you see the opposite message portrayed by media and everywhere else. But when you get an environment and you, you see it kind of for your own eyes, you're like, Oh, this guy wasn't lying to me. This is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. No, that is one that gets people. Like they're amazed at the amount of food that people that train hard can eat. Yeah. And it's not that they can, it's that they have to eat yes. to sustain themselves. You know? And it's it's more that way with women for sure. That's like people talk to me crazy about, you know, when I was in my I guess it was early thirties and I was training with Jesse Burdick for a meet and we couldn't get me over two sixty three. And I was just <laughs> I mean cramming food in and jesse's like what the hell man i was like i fuck i don't know man i'm trying as hard as i can i'm having a large pizza every day for lunch i'm having i don't know where else to put it in man but i was also training my ass off you know and you know that's people don't understand that the uh they're just getting tired of food because you're you're cramming it in, whereas most of the world is always trying to restrict and they're always battling that mentally. Like, to be on the reverse end of that. And it's not, I mean, it, yeah, I'm crying in my own milk or whatever. It's not really that bad, but it gets to suck after a while. Uh, yeah, I think people underestimate the amount of time. Like, I mean, the highest I've ever gone for a sustained period of time, like several months, was you know, 4,000, 4,500 calories of, you know, mostly real food. You know, yes. you had a, you know, a few cookies and ice cream and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, most of it was actually real food. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of time it takes to do that yes. and yeah. effort of just 
you know, you can only have so many staring contests with bowls of white rice after a while. And yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it just gets old. And I just, you know, in all honesty, I just stopped doing it after a while. I was like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like with me, I mean, I had to like, okay, I have to train by 10 a.m. Yeah. Because if I don't, I'm too full. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to crap all, pack all this in. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll go to my grave saying that for the most part, like, like cutting stuff and all that, but like really like bulking past a certain point that you're stuck at. Yeah. I will go to my grave saying it's far more difficult than like losing weight below a point that you're stuck at. Yes. And on both sides, cause I mean, you're sweating over your food every night trying to push everything. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh man. And then it's like either you train, like you said, you're training in the morning. So in like refueling throughout the day, but like even training full, mm-hmm. it's like you start training. And if you're eating like that, by the end, it's like you're starving. Yeah. The second you start putting food back in, you're like, hey, you feel heavy. You know, like sweating on time. I'll, yep. I'll go to my grave saying that that's a far more difficult process yes, it is. than just, you know, cutting or losing weight for the most part. Yeah, because after a while, like, restricting gets easy. You just don't fucking eat. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's it. And you get used to being um, hungry. <laughs> yeah, you just get used to being hungry, and then you're not hungry. Uh, but, you know, cramming more in when you're, like, explain to that people, like, whenever you're not full, you need to eat again. <laughs> that's hard you know that sucks because like you said you're looking at this bowl of whatever and you're like i don't even want it but i especially gotta have it especially with protein like if yeah. you're eating for muscle mass and you have yes. you have a high amount of protein let's say so 260 you said 263 was where you were stuck yeah and so were you in the the a camp where it was like body weight protein or were you above that even oh i was above that i'm sure so, so, like two, let's say two seventy five to three hundred grams, right? Probably yeah. in there. Yeah. Of protein, like just eating that much. Number one, it's tough because you're you're either cooking and eating, or like that's all you have time for. Eating day. and cooking. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but also, I mean, that much protein is hard to like eat around. Yeah. Like it's like you have to eat that and still the carbs and the fats and you know. Yeah, and that's why people don't understand. That's why you go to bullshit things like a donut, just yeah. because it's so calorie packed, and and it's you get a lot for nothing. And that's that's when I moved to California because that's where Jesse's at. And like they made fun of me because I'd pull up to McDonald's and I loved it in California because this is they're always ahead of everybody else as far as this shit goes. But like McDonald's, their menu listed the nutrients. You know, the mm, calories. calories yeah. So I always bought, I based my choices not on what sounded good, but on the max amount of calories I could get per dollar. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get fucking 900 calories for two bucks. I'm buying that. I don't care what it is. Give me that because I need the calories. And, you know, their their little menu was the, it was working opposite for me. It was having me value buy calories. So... <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah and I've done that with up, clients. I've dropped their protein if they're really stuck and trying to gain weight. Yeah, you know, from even 0.7 per gram per pound of body weight to sometimes even 0. 0.5. Yeah, you know, and people are like, "What? What are you doing? You're an idiot. You're gonna." It's like, 
Yeah, the performance didn't drop. They're yep. eating all the time. Like carbohydrates are anti-catabolic. They're lifting like a crazy person. Like none of them saw a drop in their performance. And again, it wasn't like we left it low for the rest of their life either. You know, mm-hmm. it's just exactly what you were saying, Darrell. It's if you're eating one gram per pound of body weight and you're really trying to eat a ton of calories, it's extremely hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I don't even track it. And that's why I just know I'm getting it. I have protein yeah. in every meal, but I don't track it for that reason. And when you're going up, like all that other shit you're eating is very protein sparing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so the protein's more important, in my opinion, when you're going down. Like yeah. when I'm going up, it's just like get it in. I don't care what the hell it is. Yeah. Because uh, I'm going to have meat at least three or four times a day. And so I know I'm getting that in. It's just give me calories, man. So, yeah. yeah. My only other comment <clears throat> before when we were talking is that I think in the media and in general, people have completely confused physiology with psychology, mm-hmm. right? It's like if you want to feel better about yourself, then yeah, could you potentially lose weight or gain weight depending on what you do? Yeah, yeah, but the amount of clients I've warned who are convinced that if they only lost 20 pounds, they'd feel better about themselves. I'm like, yeah, that may not happen. And yes. I made that mistake early on where they did it and they were still as unhappy and miserable, mm-hmm. <laughs> just lighter. Um, like he, probably <laughs> yeah. a psychologist and oh, yeah. through some of those issues. This is not a physiologic thing. Are they related to each other? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like, I mean, the amount of people I've seen lose weight and still be unhappy. So my little catchphrase is like, you, you can't hate yourself lean. Like you can, <laughs> you can try, but you're just going to be a miserable person, just 30 pounds lighter now. Yeah. You know, but in their head, they're convinced that if they just lost whatever amount of weight, they'll be happy. Uh, like, nah, not, not <laughs> usually. <laughs> yeah, that's, but I mean, you're touching on a topic that, you know, in my early days in the other place I worked, there were people very high up within that organization that, uh, you see this in people that were formerly overweight. Yep. And the reason they became, they, they, they decided to hate fat people including themselves. And that's what keeps them thin. Mm-hmm. Um, like hatred is what drives them. And so they, they still spew hate towards people that are heavy. Um, and it's within themselves. It's because they hate themselves. And that's the way they lost weight is through a hatred of it. Um, and you see that pushed out. And that's where it gets touchy with the media. It's like, dude, just because I'm, you know, I don't know, any any athlete that's like not really overweight. They're just big. It's like, they're not fat, dude. You're just hating on them because you couldn't do it. And because yeah. they're heavier than you. Um, cause there are people, there's plenty of people walking around it. There's, there's a big difference between a 240 pound guy that's, that trains hard and a 240 pound guy that plays Fortnite. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's totally different. And now at a certain age, and I'm finding out this myself, like we talked about earlier, you know, when I was in my 30s, I could be 270, no problem. And now in my mid-40s, my body doesn't like that shit. And so I think there is a point, and that's like me myself, I'm I'm losing weight and have been for a while. I'm down to 250 or whatever. It's just because I know I can't, 
in my 40s and coming into my 50s, it's just not healthy, no matter if it's fat or muscle. Uh, you can't be 270 all the time and expect to live. Like, I want to see my kids grow up. You know? yeah. Uh and that's where, it, but that, I mean, that's a personal choice. That's not me hating myself. It's like, I'm pretty yeah. happy with myself. And I have been anywhere from 165 to 293 or whatever the hell it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the weird part and how it's portrayed in media and this and that. But like you said, that, that's more of a, it's like the person that goes out and, well, if I just buy that new car, I'll be happy. Yeah. No, you uh, won't. You're still going to be fucking miserable. Yeah. You're just going to have another bill, so you'll probably be more miserable. Um, you know, find out why you're unhappy, because it's most likely not because you're 20 pounds overweight. It's the rest of your life, and that it's probably that thing is that's making you 20 pounds overweight, anyways. I, uh, I think I start as far as like a first principle in like this little strength guild manual I work for my group was. Uh, it's like be happy first. Yes. Like work on yes. being happy first and then, you know, and then lose weight as like a fun project. Like I always thought, I always admired, you know, the the bodybuilding mindset that I think Dorian Yates has spoken on this a few times where he's, it's almost like a third person thing, right? He's He's looking at his physique and stuff from like a third person standpoint and like a project. It's like he's like, I'm trying to sculpt a statue, but I understand that this is just, you know, a work of art for this period of time. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, like working on that part first where you're content with yourself, just as who you are as a person. And you find like the losing weight, building muscle project is like fun. That is a way better outcome than like, you just are running away from your demons. Yeah. That is a rough way to go about it. I mean, people do it successfully for a certain period of time. Yes, they do. Uh, particularly, I mean, if you've ever been around any of the physiques that, like, any physique athletes, like your actual competitions, you see a lot of that. And they're, you know, people who do well with that kind of state of mind. But it's a way, like, a way longer process if you just start by working on the things that make you happy, like, really finding joy and, like, joy and gratitude in life in general, mm-hmm. then doing it as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird thing. Like I had a, a consult I did with a, a client last night and just explaining to her that the biggest thing that helped me was acknowledging that it's this odd paradox of being happy and content with who you are and your performance and your body comp with where you're at now and still wanting to change it. Mm-hmm. Right. Not the reverse of most people are like, well, I have to be like so dissatisfied with where I'm at in order to change. It's like, not really. I think you're actually, if you're constantly disappointed with your current performance, there's not a lot of incentive for your body to get better. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird paradox of being content and satisfied with where you're at, but yet still wanting to change it from a place of love, not because you hate yourself. Yeah. Well, and that's where, it, that's what pushed me towards strength sports. From starting in more of a physique business and dealing with those people, and then you go to strength sports as far as weight goes, it's a much happier place. Oh yeah, people are not 
you know, athletes generally aren't that worried about what they weigh, unless they're a weight class athlete. But still, then they don't give that much of a shit. It's you know they're worried about what they can do, and it it was just a much more positive atmosphere. Like how many people, how many clients have you guys dealt with in the physique field that have an eating disorder? Most of them. (laughs) Most of them have body issues, and you know mental body issues and eating disorders. And they appear to be happy. And the weird thing is, is those are the people that are on the cover of the magazines and most people want to be like. Because mm-hmm. they think they're happy. And they're fucking miserable. Most of them are miserable. And then you see strength athletes. I don't know, some guy or girl that is by social standards 50 pounds overweight and they're the fucking happiest person in the world. <laughs> you know, like with throwers. Like some of the biggest people in the world that I've met are like shot putters. They're fucking happy. They're out there yeah. just throwing rocks and crushing sandwiches, man. <laughs> and, uh, and they don't give a shit. And it's, it's, it's a comfortable place to be. And you'll, your body will kind of work itself out if you're happy first. Like you guys are talking about. You'll, you'll just find that spot. If you find the happiness first and just content with yourself, your body just kind of goes where it wants to. Um, in general. So. Yeah, I only work with the, handful of physique athletes and usually it's more women than guys and the running joke if any physique especially women approach me they're like oh do you work with you know physique athletes that are female and i'm like uh yes but only the ones who aren't crazy (laughs) and if they they laugh we're probably okay if they get entirely offended and walk away Perfect. They were crazy. Yeah. And I didn't work with them. <laughs> <laughs> basically, they're all fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, and the people who yeah. at least know they're crazy and know the industry, they're 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 fine to work with. Yes, you know, it's they the, understand the they're crazy. Who, yeah, think they're the exception that. <laughs> yeah. So, oh boy. So, anyways, Kim, we agree with what you're doing. I don't care what you do, but and I don't. Call you. <laughs> the only reason I know about it is because Mike's friends told him. But, you know, lose your 20 pounds and get in that Marilyn Monroe dress for that Met Gala, you know. So, and yeah, I mean, if you're a person out there and you need something like that to kick it off, do it. Two weeks isn't going to kill you. Like, nobody ever, like, we could not feed most people at all for two weeks. Like, all you get is water and a vitamin, and they'd be (laughs) fine. You know, it's, you know, it's not like you're doing it for a year. So, uh, that's it, guys. We'll wrap it up. I'm going to go try and squat. Nice. Do some fun things. So, you guys have a good weekend. Sounds good. Next week.